it's that time again, right? It's not even December yet, and yet it's upon us. We're in our Christmas gear, and um, if you go anywhere, there's Christmas trees, there's music playing, and it seems like it starts earlier every year. And I'm not a Grinchy type. Like, I like Christmas and Christmas music, but it just makes me wonder, besides stores that want to make money, like, why? Why do we so eagerly jump into Christmas often before Thanksgiving is even over? And I thought about it a while, and I think, I think it's because there's just a lot of sadness and anxiety and strife and anger in our world. And Christmas is about joy. So even if you're not a follower of Jesus, even if you're not a lover of him, it's a time, Christmas is a reason to smile at strangers, right? It's a reason to be generous. It's a reason to celebrate. And why wouldn't you want that to start as early as possible and last as long as it can when the world is such a tough place to live in right now? I mean, do you feel that tension? It's, it's like the weary world is longing for something to rejoice about. And so we jump from party to party, event to event. We turn up the music and the nostalgia, and we turn on the twinkle lights, and we try as best we can to turn away from the fractured and broken and hope-sick world for a month or so, longing for things to maybe look a little less bleak come January. But tension, this, this thing that we're kind of trying to avoid by jumping right into Christmas, is actually what the Advent season is all about. It's about that tension. It's about this longing. Now, the Advent season, that's just a word um, for the four weeks that um, approach Christmas on the church calendar. You might see uh, like people lighting certain candles on certain days, and there's different colors, and they all symbolize something. And that's just an old tradition and uh, a way to anticipate and prepare your heart for Christmas. So it's not just, you know, a calendar or a chocolate countdown like my kids do, punch the little door out. It's not just about counting down, and it's not about distracting ourselves. Instead, it's about the wait. The Latin word we get Advent from is adventus. In the verb form, it means to arise or appear to develop or ripen. There really is this idea of birth or of, of pregnancy in this word advent with all the pain and the strain and the waiting entailed in that endeavor, but also with the joy that comes when the waiting is over. And this idea of adventus in ancient Rome wasn't just this word. It also was an event. It was an official event a technical term for the glorious entry of a conquering um, emperor. And there are two occasions for Adventus, and the first was the birthday of the royal leader. Much like, much like we might celebrate with a parade on a holiday, the birthdays of the Caesars were a big deal because they were divine, right? So when that divine Caesar came into the world, it was worth celebrating. So we see the parallel to Christ's birth, right? The first advent of Christ in Bethlehem was a glorious entry of a long-awaited Savior. The Hebrew scriptures are full of prophecy and foreshadowing of the birth of the Messiah. God's people were kind of a ragtag bunch, often conquered, scattered, persecuted, and they longed for the advent, the arrival, the glorious entry 
of their Messiah to rescue them once and for all from their oppressors. And there's another ancient word I'd love to unpack with you tonight. It's behold. This isn't a word we use much in English, kind of old-fashioned sounding, but it's found over 1,000 times in the Hebrew scriptures of the Old Testament. 1,000 times. And 200 times in the Greek and the New Testament. It's a momentous word. Behold. It means to see, but more than that, it means to stop, to listen, to pay attention, to turn away from whatever has your focus and see something incredible. Behold is an utterance of someone who heralds an event or a person that's so important it must not be neglected, of one who brings something new, unexpected, and remarkable. Behold cries out, don't miss this. It's like all caps or italic. In the Hebrew, one word for behold is hey. And that's also the name of one of the letters of the Hebrew alphabet, incidentally. And hey, the letter, symbolizes the breath of God. You can kind of hear it, can't you? Hey. And it's this idea, it's symbolic of, of the creative power and breath of God. In fact, it's a, it's a letter that, that comes in twice. There's two hey's in Yahweh, which is the most holy name for God. His very name invites us to behold, to come, to experience his power, and to be changed. God spoke through the prophet Isaiah saying, behold, darkness covers the earth, but the Lord rises upon you, and his glory appears over you. And he gave a sign for this glory coming. Behold, a virgin will conceive, and bear a son, and he shall be called Emmanuel, which means God with us. Unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. And in the Gospels, we read, Behold, an angel appeared to Joseph in a dream. It was the same angel who said to Mary, Behold, you will conceive and give birth to a son. And then to the shepherds on the advent of that birth, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be to all people. Behold, stop, see, don't miss this. Something remarkable is happening. But Jesus didn't stay in that manger where he was born, did he? He came preaching, declaring, behold, the kingdom of God is at hand. A kingdom that did not overturn earthly crowns as they hoped, but instead did something much more grand, mastered human hearts. The Pharisees maligned him and misunderstood him. They saw that he ministered to those on the margins, and so they said, behold, a glutton and a drunkard. And the week of his crucifixion, when he entered the holy city, Jerusalem, he fulfilled the prophecy of Zechariah, when Zechariah said, behold, your king is coming, riding on a donkey. And later that week, Pilate, the Roman authority, after trying Jesus, having him beaten, presented the broken and beaten Christ to an angry crowd and said, behold, the man. 
He was born to die. He was born in a manger in Bethlehem, which was a shepherd city. In fact, the shepherds of Bethlehem were temple shepherds raising temple lambs to die on the Passover to atone for the sin of the people. So when John the Baptist recognized Jesus and said, Behold the Lamb of God, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. It was the first advent. The Savior was born. The Savior was here to die. Emmanuel, God with us. But Jesus, after his resurrection, before he left to be with the Father, he said, Behold, I am with you always, even into the end of the age. Behold, Emmanuel, God with us. And here in our present day, we have his presence. We have relationship with Jesus through Holy Spirit indwelling us in the waiting, in the tension. Emmanuel is with us. So in this Advent season, we don't merely look back at when Jesus was born, and we don't just count off the December days until the 25th, until we celebrate Jesus' birth and his incarnation or life with us, because there's more. There's more. There's a second Advent, another cause for Adventists. I mentioned earlier that Adventists in the Roman days would commemorate the birth of an emperor, but that's not the only reason for this triumphal entry of a ruler. It would also be when they were returning from battle and victory. And so just as the Hebrews longed for their Messiah, we on this side of the cross, we look forward to the advent of our king when he comes in victory. In a few moments, the worship team is gonna lead us in carols that express this longing for, our, for Jesus so beautifully. And as we worship, let's recall that we live between two advents. He's already come. He's established his kingdom in our hearts. But the darkness remains. We're in this already not yet place where we are lights in the darkness, but the darkness remains. We continue to wrestle with sin. We deal with pain and illness and grief and death. But Jesus says, behold, I stand at the door and I knock. He's waiting too. He's waiting for all who will come to answer, to answer that knock. So in this tension we live in, we love others. We shine in the darkness. We let him rule in our hearts and lives, and we wait. But we don't wait without hope. Because even in the darkness, even in the brokenness and injustice of this world, there is more to come. Revelation 21 is a description of that final Adventist, that glorious entry of our King Jesus. I behold the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with people. He will dwell with them, and they will be his people. And God himself will be with them as their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more. 
Neither shall there be mourning or crying or pain anymore, for the former things will pass away. And he who was seated on the throne said, Behold, I am making all things new. Come, let us behold. Let us behold the one who makes all things new. Our Savior who was born in Bethlehem, Emmanuel who was with us, and our King who's coming again. Thank you.